This is a podcast about male vulnerability. Vulnerability is not synonymous with weakness. It's about looking inward before accepting, critically reflecting, and expressing our individual perspective. This perspective isn't about being wrong or right. It's about, as a male, encouraging a humble openness amongst others and with yourself. Yeah, so today um, we're talking about uh, a kind of a kind of big and broad topic, something kind of a bit complicated, um, has many different faces, and I think is also quite well known and thrown around a lot. I mean, that's defense mechanisms. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think people kind of know what, or at least heard of that term. Um, but yeah, we're going to kind of unpack that today. Um, so the obvious question, Eddie, is, right at the start of this is, uh, what are defense mechanisms? What is a defense mechanism? Yeah, it's a good way to start. And I think to your point, defense mechanisms are probably something that, yeah, people are familiar with, but maybe haven't actually considered what they are. It's probably something that comes up in conversation like, you know, either why you're being so defensive or whatever else it might be. But I guess... Or, or or that's just my defense mechanism. Like, I feel like people... Like, I feel like I've heard people say things like that. Yeah. Um, or or for... Yeah, yeah, but we'll, we'll keep going. Sorry, I'll cut you off. Keep going. <laughs> no, yeah. And I guess really defense mechanisms are that unconscious um, form of defense that I guess your mind uses to reduce anxiety from arising so that's in the event of something that you feel is harmful so it's whether a kind of emotional blow or Mm -hmm. something i guess quite serious happens it's your way of really quite naturally um dealing with Mm -hmm. the anxiety that kind of results from those events and so when we're saying again when we're saying natural we're saying unconscious like a like a like a reaction yeah correct immediate reaction yeah correct and i think it's there as we'll kind of touch on their things are and i guess mechanisms that are quite ingrained um and when you kind of start to recognize them you realize that in a lot of circumstances they actually happen quite automatically without any real intervention from yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so a kind of training a kind of conditioning yeah definitely and I think, um, I mean, the reason why we're talking about this topic in particular is we feel that it's definitely something that men in particular, I mean, everyone I feel struggles with men in particular, just given the way we've grown up and given the way we've been sort of, I guess, taught to be and how we've had to kind of interact with each other in our social circles. Um, these defense me- mechanisms are quite prevalent just in our everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's probably the biggest reason why I wanted to talk about this is obviously, as you said, everyone, by virtue of being a human, will have defense mechanisms, will have things that their body has trained and put in place in order to react to a situation that they don't feel comfortable in, fight or flight even, you know, we can kind of go that in regards. But on the topic of men, I, I would say, especially in late popular culture, um men have been quite defensive um, and our defense mechanisms have been quite 
uh, have been brought to light and been quite highlighted that we that there is a popular narrative of, of men being quite dismissive, emotionally detached, um, removing themselves from uh, from vulnerable conversations, and I think these are all these are all considered to be um, yeah uh, we we're considering these to be defense mechanisms. But as we were talking before, I think what's interesting about this is. I believe, and I think you do too, Eddie, um, that the, those defense mechanisms actually come from a, from a narrative um, that we believe is beneficial for ourselves. Yeah, right. Uh, I'll explain that a little bit further that, you know, just to say simple sayings like, um, you know, just get on with it or, or don't carry, like, yeah, don't, don't make a scene. These kinds of um, phrases that uh, men receive from their family, from don't make society, it a bigger deal don't, than make, it is. don't make a bigger deal. Um, it seems to suggest that it, what is good and intrinsic for, a, uh, what is intrinsically good for a man to do in order to deal with a situation is to detach, is to, um, is to remove emotion, is to be rational. Um, so as to protect yourself and protect everyone else. Yeah, for sure. And men probably think, and this is something that we're going to talk about, that that's actually a coping mechanism. Um, and we're about to talk about the difference between defensive and coping, but just as a prelude to that, I think maybe men popularly and myself have confused what we think is coping with defensive. Yeah, for sure. And, and if that's the case, then there are things that we're doing unconsciously that we need to be aware of that are damaging our potential growth. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point because I think probably something that a lot of people don't realize and myself included at a time was that just because the anxiety um, and the, I guess, emotions that we deem negative have gone away, it doesn't necessarily mean we've properly dealt with the situation. And I think that's probably, I guess, something we've touched on in a few different discussions, but I think it's very apparent that, to your point, we often confuse defense mechanisms with coping mechanisms and where defense mechanisms are more unconscious, very much a psychological reaction that we, quite frankly, don't necessarily even control a lot of the time. It's been ingrained from kind of repetition and training from um, quite a young age. Yeah. On the flip to that is actually coping mechanisms which is more of a conscious effort to deal and understand, unpack and properly manage um, the stress and anxiety that results from an event, which allows us then to kind of, you know, t better take control of it by better taking control of our emotions in response to that event. Yeah, and, and I think what, yeah, spot on, I think what makes this really difficult between those two is, you know, as you, you briefly mentioned that we kind of talked about this before in previous episodes and when you said that I remember back to maybe the first episode of season one I'm sure which one where we were talking about you know one of the things that um that 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 I realized that myself and men in general don't do very well is if a situation occurs between me and a, and a mate or something else there's this desire to speak about it immediately yeah to 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 get it done get it sorted and that and if we think about that, right, that's, that's an immediate reaction that, that presents itself as a decision that we're making for our benefit and for everyone's benefit. Yeah. And I remember saying that one of the things that I learned was from, from my female friends, from my, from my partner at the time, from my best friends, that 
um, you don't need to sort things out immediately and it may actually better for you and for everyone else involved to not air out that conversation, to pull them aside and have a conversation later at another point or whatever. And so the reason why I bring that up is, again, to show that I think it's really difficult to understand the difference between defense and coping, when especially when a defense mechanism is kind of hiding behind this idea that we're, oh, we're doing this on purpose, we're choosing something that is good for us, when really it might not actually be that. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's probably a good segue for sort of, I guess, examples, which probably helps clarify um, the difference even further, because I think really clear defense mechanisms that probably most people would yeah. be familiar with like punching someone in the face if you don't if, <laughs> yeah, if they don't, but, if you don't like them or something i don't know but <laughs> like, <laughs> like if someone gets you angry yeah i think also even i guess that example you provided where we kind of you know jump to kind of solve the problems immediately yeah. um that seems like you're, you're making that decision yourself yeah but really that's sort of more so a denial mm-hmm. of the gravity mm-hmm. yeah of what's happened for sure you know which is a very common defense mechanism that which would be defensive correct to deny the seriousness of the situation is very protective yeah whereas the coping would be very vulnerable and open to the severity of the situation correct yeah the acceptance or the recognition which may not happen in that moment and maybe it takes time to your point to actually process how that situation scenario let's say a mate calls you out or teases you about something that you kind of shared with them in confidence and they yep. tease you in front of a group of friends yeah and you feel the need to obviously get defensive and it's like oh if you've got a problem let's talk about it right now mm-hmm. that may not be the healthiest way yep. to manage that anxiety because you're not necessarily processing yeah i mean all of that would be quite it could be very defensive the the person calling you out in front of everyone rather than pulling you aside it could be projection yeah projections like all of that seems to be um yeah bad uh, examples of a defensive mechanism between everyone really a kind of taught and conditioned between men and 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 that's a perfect example of why we think is necessary to talk about defense mechanisms in relation to men and conversation between men yeah definitely i think like men's social circles from experience are just like a defense mechanism <laughs> a defense mechanism trap yeah you know, yeah Ma- masquerading as coping mechanisms masquerading yeah. as like oh this is what we do man and we just we, we voice it, we air it and we move on you know it's good for us we deal with it it's yeah done. yeah we're yeah. happy yeah exactly but that's not the case no not at all um, um Curious to know, what's a defense mechanism that you feel you've been guilty of falling back on? Yeah. Um, yeah, so this one, uh, like, this is very personal to me. This this year, I I went back to a, a, a psychologist, a psychotherapist for the first time in, gosh, I don't know how long, a very long time. Okay. Probably since high school. Yeah. Right out of high school. In high school, I was in and out. Yeah. Um, out of high school for a bit, but then I just didn't for many years, probably about five, six years, um, longer. And I went back and, and kind of one of the things that, you know, we talked about loads of things, which I'm not going to tell, <laughs> I'm not going to air out here. Please share. We'll, yeah. have a, we'll have a separate episode for Alex to share all of the things he spoke <laughs> yeah. to. His. Most of it was just talking about Eddie. Um, no, I, one of the big things that came up was, was something called that, that my therapist called, um, 
defectiveness and okay and that's different to so that's not necessarily defense mechanism but defectiveness was a way in which i kind of swore myself as as a product from a product of family past and and whatever that i saw myself not very positively yeah right and so how i dealt with that that defense mechanism looked like me being very openly self-deprecating so mm. I would talk bad. I, I would talk bad about myself and how much I kind of sucked and was a loser or whatever before you could. Yeah, right. And I actually, and funny, you know, that doesn't sound like a coping mechanism right from the get-go. That does just sound straight up defensive. But I'm sure we know so many people that, that seem like they're okay and they speak like that. They speak in that kind of self-deprecating manner. Yeah. Um, and I would, for a long period, I would have this phrase that I would, oh, I swear, I would actually say this where I would say, well, it's be- like, isn't it so good that, isn't it so much better just shoot yourself before people can shoot you, you know, metaphorically. Um, I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good, healthy thing to be so open about how much, of how little I thought of myself. Yeah. Now, in some way, that sounds like that that could be beneficial. Yeah, I guess to be to air out how you feel about yourself. Yeah, but I guess if you're doing it so constantly in every situation, um, you have to really, and this is what I've done, you have to really think about why you were doing that. Mm. And it wasn't so that I, and and as you said it um, before, it was actually the denial of the severity. Yeah, it wasn't an act of like humility. No, no, no. no. It was it was a denial of the severity, uh, masquerading as an act of humility. Yeah, and that. I've had many, many years of ramifications for me, things that I'm now just trying to deal with, like to the point of, of how defensive I get if someone just told me I did a good job. Yeah. But I couldn't even accept that. Yeah, yeah. And if you're at a stage in which you're, you're defensively reacting to someone saying, hey, you should be proud of what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did well at this, then yeah, you've built a, a long history of a poor defense, of a, of a poor coping strategy. Yeah, well, I guess it's even interesting as well because obviously defense mechanisms um, kick into gear when an event or situation, you know, causes some level of anxiety. So mm-hmm. I guess... Success. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's why the defectiveness schema brought that out because yeah. if I was being successful, yeah. then I would, I, that would, I would not be okay with, so then I would defend. Yeah, which I think is actually a really interesting and good example because I guess often probably more associate defense mechanisms with you know more negative scenarios like more really clear like you know say someone insulting you or someone um, hurting you or you know misusing your trust or whatever else that might be but this is actually a situation where just because of I guess um, your self-esteem and value as a person you know, has been compromised just over time through upbringing and certain relationships and whatever else that looks like. It's a point where even someone, you know, showering praise triggers a defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and as I said, that's that's the point at which obviously you have to really, hopefully you can take notice of <laughs> and have a conversation of and, and you know, as part of the reason why we, why we talk about these things. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, I just throw that question back to you, Eddie, as well. Um, yeah, what's the defense defense mechanism you think you've been guilty of? Um, it's a bit weird to say guilty of. I, I guess like what's <laughs> a, what's the defense mechanism you you were made aware of? 
Yeah, definitely. I think um, one I've definitely been made aware of, and I, I don't think this will be come as a surprise to anyone who's probably listened to previous episodes or who knows me, is rationaliz- rationalization. Um, really struggle probably to identify and accept scenarios and things as a problem or as um, a significant hit, um, whether it's to my emotions or to my well-being or whatever else it might be. Um, I'm just very quick to rationalize it and just be like, that's not that bad. It's not that bad. Can't complain, you know, is my very much my automatic response. Yeah. And yeah. And just, and just on that quickly, um, just something jumped to mind that, that seems to be very much a popular, uh, again, another popular discourse, a, a popular defense mechanism. Right where where there's a lot of complaining from sides of poly, of poly, political sides or whatever, and 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 people's response being like, "Hey, calm down, like let's rationalize this, blah blah." And it seems like that might be a good thing to do, but that might actually, like you're saying, be denying the severity of the situation, denying the reality. Yeah, exactly. And I think it masks itself quite well as yeah. optimism. Yes, which, which is, is which is ingrained just everywhere. You look. Exactly, which is the. Uh, great thing about it from the outside where it's like people are like you're so positive nothing's ever an issue it just keeps flowing everything's just chill it's calm but then really it's kind of like to to be fair like a lot of the time um it does lend itself quite well because i guess it allows me to see glass half full but then i recognize that there are situations where i shouldn't immediately jump to half glass full and I should actually recognize that for a moment, the glass is empty and I need to do something with it to get it back to half full. I can't just accept that it's, you know, quarter full or it's half full, whatever else it is. I actually have to recognize it as empty and right. what that means and the weight of that right. empty glass. Are you saying, are you suggesting there that like that optimism could actually breed complacency? That if you if you're just like oh it's a quarter full it's fine. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess so. I just, I just yeah. thought that maybe that sounded like like that's another way in which that could look and manifest. Yeah, I'm not sure if complacency necessarily is the word, um, but definitely, I guess a uh, describe it probably a passiveness rather than a more proactive approach to dealing and regulating and managing, um, I guess the emotions and like the situation and the impact it might be having. Cause I think it's like, by the time I sort of pause and recognize, um, this is I guess of getting better at over time. Um, the damage has been done. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, I'm trying to deal with it in retrospect um and you know i've got hindsight bias on my side but quite frankly like i said the damage of that situation has kind of been done and then it's sort of like trying to undo it post 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 um the event occurring and and if that's happening immediately like a one-to-one relationship if you're so optimistic and rational you could just be flat out denying the reality of another person and the experiences that they're going through, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, and that would be a really that'd be a, that would be the definition of a defense mechanism. Again, 
that that is masquerading as this coping thing where it's like, oh, it's so much better for all of us to like just think rationally, just think rationally. Um, but you could just be completely silencing another person. And in that way, you're not coping. You're just trying to exert control and power over the situation. Well, exactly. And I think saying like, yeah, one of the outputs of that probably from a more um, interrelational perspective is that it's like, I can understand how you feel, but I won't necessarily understand why it's a big deal. Yeah. Right? And I yeah. think that's um, saying I have to constantly call myself out on, but it's like because I've built that natural defense mechanism to rationalize everything, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I hear you. That would suck. But is it a big deal? And again... It could be viewed both ways, but I think it's definitely a case that it is automatic and it's defensive and it can't always be half full. And quite frankly, sometimes I don't get to decide how full the glass is. True. And I think to your point around control, it's recognizing that actually it's not my glass to decide what's okay and what's not. It's someone else's and I have to accept them at where they're at yep. and how they feel about that scenario and not try to apply my defense me mechanism um, to that situation for them and accept and let them feel it. I mean, this is the very, this is, this is a massive contributor to why just human interaction in general is really tough because <laughs> people are walking around with different ways of dealing with situations and different defense mechanisms that they either understand or don't understand yeah. and, and, and think is either positive or negative and try to impose that onto each other. And it's really quite tough. And then as I, th I think, I think it's important to know that there is that very much that popular conversation around rationalizations, like really good and coping and yada, yada, yada. But um, again, another example in which men in general need to, uh, people obviously, but we're talking about men in general, um, we need to be really aware of um, the things that we think we're doing that are, that are positive um, may actually be quite negative and dismissive of the situation for ourselves and for others. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point because I guess what other defense mechanisms do you think it would be beneficial in particular for men to kind of be aware are quite common? Yeah, um, I think the rationalization, obviously I've said, you've, you've brought up and I, and I said a couple of times now is actually coming through in pop in political conversations. Um, you know, the, uh, yeah, all you do is complain, you complain, try and have solutions and stuff. But yeah, so there's, there's that. Um, uh, one for me that I also kind of struggle with is an in intellectualization. So, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, growing up and, and being, reading a lot and then going to uni and studying, I thought it'd be really, really good to intellectualize and think of everything and you can kind of solve it or you can, you know, like almost, it's very close to rationalization. Yeah. Um, but what you do there is just, you get into a kind of spiral where you unnecessarily intellectualize and you create problems where there are none. Yeah. Um, because there's always something to solve. And I think the hard, fast fact of reality as well at times, something I've learned is that some, sometimes you don't need to solve it. You don't need to solve it personally. Maybe there's not, there's not anything to solve um and that actually uh, again if i'm if i can speak candidly again that really that really um 
negatively impacted myself because I always kind of thought that there was something wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to kind of keep thinking, you know, it wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, so that just gave me loads of anxiety. <laughs> and so you can see then how, in, again, intellectualization, which is meant to reduce anxiety, was actually increasing anxiety over a long period of time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say rationalization, intellectualization. Um, and I think yeah, just to add to that, I think int intellectualization as well mm -hmm. um, makes something or makes you push something to exist outside of your current situation. Yeah, removes it from the... Yeah, removes it from something that's happening to you mm -hmm. to maybe saying that's a bit more meta in terms of it sort right. of, I guess, becomes a world worldly more philosophical you Correct. know um debate in your mind Correct. as opposed to just something that's really taken a toll on you been an emotional blow that you need to deal with you then kind of put it up into the kind of atmosphere and yeah. start to debate whether or not it's right wrong um could have multiple perspectives and whatever else and just dance around the point without actually dealing with the thing that was in front of you Correct. Um, I definitely think from from a history of intellectualizing, they got a point where it was like, well, am I even capable of really like properly feeling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In this yeah. instance, like, what does that actually look like? I just was like, oh, as soon as something happened to me, I just think about it and think think about thinking about it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Spot on, spot on. I think. Um, um, were you there during my therapy session? That sounds exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, that's the other person. Um, yeah, no, that 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 um that spot on. Um, do, any any other ones for you, Eddie? That that I haven't said. Um, um I mean, <laughs> projection seems to be a real popular one. Yeah, yeah. yeah In terms yeah. of um, projecting your own insecurities, your own feelings um, onto someone else, and assuming you know. Yeah. Yeah. And we're quite good at, but that one's tricky because we're, we're, yeah, we're quite good at, um, it's almost now, projection is one thing, but acknowledging projection is the new projection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're so good at being like, oh, you're just projecting, like you're just projecting what you're feeling. It's got nothing to do with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's like a weird, uh, yeah, 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 that, yeah, that's a weird thing that I've seen a lot of friends do. Uh, well, it's become, yeah. it's become a defense to the defense mechanism yeah. in itself yeah. to that point where it's sort of like someone say share something out of a place mm. of hurt mm. and then you're kind of sitting back going, I didn't actually do anything wrong. Yeah. This is, you're clearly dealing with saying, yeah. this isn't on me, this is on yeah. you. And it's like, may, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But however, it's definitely the p popular way to kind of use it. Yeah. But by just denying this, as you said, by just denying the realness of what just occurred to you by calling it out as projection, you're, you're, you're lowering your own anxiety yeah. and you're reducing, you're moving yourself from it. Well, you're reducing your responsibility in Correct. a scenario as well. Correct. And, and if you were completely comfortable with yourself in a situation, you wouldn't even need to call that out. You would just deal with it yeah. face value and just speak to to the emotions that were expressed and probably try to unpack it as well because i think and again as men it's probably something and it's probably what makes i guess the defense mechanism is this rather than actively trying to understand it and work through it and talk about it the quickest way to squash it and move it aside is to call it out as a projection yeah, which then leaves the person who was i guess initially projecting so to speak if they were. yeah if they were yeah. to walk away and deal with it on their own 
and remove you from a scenario. Yeah, yeah. So you're just like cutting it off before you can even feel any emotions. Like you said, feel any anxiety, yeah. start to talk about it, whatever it is, you're just and in, and pushing in that, it away. And in that way, I think it's really dishonest because as we've spoken about um, in previous episodes in this season, that no, I mean, we're, we're all human and we're all humans. We're all deeply connected to one another. Yeah. So that would be completely dishonest to go, well, you're just projecting that's completely on you. That doesn't really make any sense because uh, I'm not saying that things you do aren't on you and that you're not responsible for them. I'm not saying that. Um, But to completely dismiss someone's emotional reactions and um, with, without, without taking the time to understand even for a, a, even for a second longer than you would have to to me, yeah, it is not, it just sounds like, yeah, a proper defense mechanism. Yeah. hundred percent. And no, I guess, and how do we start to actively transition from defense mechanisms to more productive coping mechanisms? I mean, I think you touched on it kind of there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of what we've just been doing here, especially asking the question of like, oh, um, what ones are you dealing with? And and with these examples that we've been giving, I think it's acknowledging, uh, is is recognizing and acknowledging the things that we are, how we are reacting to situations and whether that is something we are truly in control of. Because um, if we are truly in control of it, then each time we are making that decision to act on that. Um, and that way that would be, and if we reinforced that kind of behavior, um, that would be more of a coping mechanism. And I think defense mechanisms encourage a kind of laziness or a kind of repetitiveness. Um, and I think, yeah, to, to acknowledge how you've been acting and responding to situations over a long period of time um, and to swap that out for a more fluid and negotiated response to situations. Yeah, definitely. And I think like the key theme there is, uh, and it, I mean, this is why defense mechanisms tend to be the default apart from being unconscious, but the coping mechanisms do require that conscious effort. They require you to do the emotional work, so to speak. Yeah. Um, they're not stable or or they won't be like completely predictable. Like they will have to change. And Yeah, correct. And I think the only way at least I'm aware of to be able to change unconscious um, behavioral triggers is to make them conscious. So you can't I'm, really I'm use... I'm unaware of other ways. Yeah, yeah. you can't yeah. really use things, kind of say this um, in separate um arenas but you can't really use what sits in the unconscious but you can definitely use what then becomes conscious so i think to your point and i mean it's a common theme it's what we talk about when we talk about vulnerability it's really about that acknowledgement being the first step and i think even like the next time something happens or someone starts a conversation and you feel your anxiety building and you kind of take note of the defense mechanisms that are bubbling up before you can even think about reacting, you will recognize that saying in you is already bubbling up. Yeah. hundred percent to stop what is occurring. And you, I think you, by sometimes you even get, you get hot, like you can like, yeah, manifest you can, yeah, you just physically. feel it. And yeah. I think by recognizing and actually naming that dealing, maybe trying to even name the defense mechanism that you were about to employ before it comes out you be one step closer to be able being able to actually turn these you know defense mechanisms into more productive cope mechanisms that will definitely benefit you in terms of helping you regulate your emotions 
um, understand yourself and also probably build better relationships by allowing yourself to be more open and vulnerable with the people you care about. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. And I, yeah. And I just say, just to just compound that. Um, yeah. I, I try to employ that strategy in my own life and now I'm, I'm now much, much more aware of when defectiveness or, um, yeah, when I talk poorly of myself, I can't accept um, grat- um, you know, affirmation and things like that. I'm much more aware of that situation. And yes, it does require work and it gets a little bit tiring. Um, but it, 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 you, you become far more intimate and vulnerable with yourself, yeah. um, which I think is quite nice. And obviously my self-esteem has definitely improved. Um, yeah, I'm the most arrogant person in the world. <laughs> no, <I'm shy>. um, <laughs> now I just walk around. Um, yeah, but but that yeah, the reason why I say that is to just you know compound what you just what you just said. Um, that it that once you do acknowledge it, does just starts coming up a lot more, and you do start noticing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think yeah, I mean it's a it's a big topic, but I think if we can all try, myself included, Alex. Obviously, already practicing this. Mm-hmm. Yep, way ahead. Um, yeah, to acknowledge and reflect and to work and to even understand as well. And I think looking up even definitions and knowing what to call things will just go a long way in helping you more productively manage your emotions. And like I said, just have, and like Alex said as well, have a better understanding of yourself, but then also probably foster healthier relationships as well cool all right thanks for the chat no worries if you want to keep chatting follow us on instagram at eddie and alex.mp3 catch ya <laughs>